Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 116, The Paris Major, part 6, featuring Snappy from Ents. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. This is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. And this is Raps, and you're listening to the Truth CSGO podcast. Spoke to Marco Snappy Pfeiffer on Media Day, and despite having a lot on his mind and being somewhat of ill health, he very graciously agreed to answer my questions, most of which had to do with the past. The impression Marco gives in person is of a seasoned professional. Like Fallen, he is articulate but polite, diplomatic but honest. Compared to some in the scene with a similar tenure, he's very private. He assures me this is by choice. This is a man who's drawn clear boundaries between the competition and his personal life. I respect it. Now, Snappy has been walking in the shadows of the more successful Danish IGLs for some time, but when he took the reins events at the beginning of 2021, his fortunes really began to change, bringing them all the way to number two by June of that year. As you'll hear in this interview, a lot of that had to do with the amount of influence he has over the team, the increasing caliber of players he's been able to pick from. But there were some teams before that where it wasn't as clear to me what had happened, like Contact, like Optic, and most mysteriously, the rumoured move to Asian team Tiger. It was actually kind of, when I was in the Danish scene, there was a ladder. The ladder was kind of, Glaive got the best players, then MSL got the second, play, second best, and I got the third best. And I kind of got tired of that. And I wanted to show the world that I was actually a better in-game leader than potentially some of the ones above me. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Glaive, obviously, or MSL, but I wanted to show that I could do more if I got better pieces. And I was going to use Tiger as a way to kind of show that. It's obviously some one of the players that used to be in the Mongols team. Um, and they were going to move to Serbia, was the agreement, so we would still be playing from Europe. So people think that I was going to be moving to Asia. That was not the case. They were going to be moving over here. And I thought that... I looked at their team, I saw a lot of potential aim-wise, they were really strong individual players, but their playstyle was super poor and it felt like they just needed guidance. And I've, I believe I could have made that team top 20 in the world if, we, if, they, if, if it would have happened. Obviously Corona happened and they got a lot of points in the RMR system making it impossible for them to eventually make a change. And that is essentially why it, it fell through. But yeah, it was something I was actually, it wasn't a money money thing or anything like this. Obviously, I was going to be paid well, uh, but it wasn't at all for the money I took it. It was to prove to people that I could do way more than people thought I could. But you have now proven it. Yeah, I have now proved it, but I got a chance in ends where I got a lot of, uh, I'm a lot hands-on with a lot of the decisions, obviously not everything. But I've been more hands-on than in past teams. A lot of the trust goes to me and uh, saw the coach. Not everything, obviously. I'm not behind every decision, but a lot of the scouting of the players, uh, like Nerds and Spinks and these players, has, uh, has, has been me. And that's something I didn't have an opportunity to do before, especially also being in the Danish scene, when I had to choose from maybe the 10 to 20 best players, because the best players was obviously in Australia's or North, or maybe even playing internationally. 
and then when you finally pick a Danish player, it <laughs> doesn't go so well. Yeah, but it wasn't me who picked him. Everyone thinks so. That it was just not a good fit. We needed a different type of player, and he probably would benefit from playing in another system better. Uh, so I think it, like the statement, kind of sums up uh, most of it. I would say. I would say that it's been a very different way that we had to kind of get players because at the start, Enz wasn't even top. 30 in the world when I joined. Uh, I joined with Spinks and then Dusha. I brought Spinks and then Saw wanted Duha and I also wanted, I even wanted Duha in contact. So we agreed on Duha and then I brought Spinks from me uh, because we played in contact. But we also knew back then that the team probably needed more changes in order to go very far. Uh, when you're in it, that's not what you think about. But I feel like every change we made that we were not forced to do, like the one where we lost Spinks, uh, has been a carefully like weighed out decision where we looked at can it improve us? And then we have been probably very, uh, what's the best word for it? Uh, like when you're, is it cynical maybe? Like, no, what is, what is? Sure, cynical means like pessimistic. Well, maybe not cynical, like, well, we've been very like ruth ruthless is probably a bit. We've been ruthless in the sense that if we thought something could make us better, we would do it. Yeah. But, and that's why there has been a lot of changes. But now we're at a point where we can actually attract better players because people want to come to ends. I think because we have a good track record of making, especially the tier two, very good players, very very good, very quickly. You've seen Dusha is thriving, Spinks is thriving. Um, uh, Nerds is thriving with us. Uh, Alva Sampaios is also still doing good, and uh, Madden is like winning a lot. He's like a very integral piece, and I think everyone from the outside can see how much we value him. Uh, so I think people look. It's a, it's attractive to come to Inns now, but two and a half years ago it was not attractive to come to Inns. Madden is a very amazing teammate. Like he's for sure one of the best teammates I ever had. And it adds a lot uh, to a team that you just have a guy that everyone genuinely likes to be around. He creates better team vibes, and when there's better team vibes, everyone else performs five percent, five percent better. It's never something that can be shown in the numbers, but it actually do matter. And then he is also underrated in terms of his skill because he plays a very sacrificial role. That's not me who decides. It's him who likes to play this way. So it's not like I'm forcing him to do these things. But he just likes to go in first. He likes to create a lot of chaos and then seeing his teammates thrive. And I also think that's why you can see that the players around him are all doing good. Like both Duhas and Pius, Nerds, Spinks, Haters also. Like all of them are putting up good numbers while playing next to Madden and me. And I think that's why he's such an integral piece. My abiding impression from the Fun Plus Phoenix debacle is a shirtless Katie and wandering the street. And how was that time for you? I mean, obviously it had the biggest consequences for me because it ended up with me getting cut, right? But I'm a guy that likes to not get too much attention. I like to fly a bit under the radar. Like, I like to value my privacy uh, outside of CS. Um, and it was not a fun situation. We were kind of held hostage in negotiations between two, uh, two teams in a way and it was not a good situation and yeah you, we sat over there in the US we could, weren't allowed to play the Flashpoint tournament we were blocked and then we went back and well you know everything went to, sh to shit to say it straight so it was not a fun situation I'm happy that that's a 
that's a chapter that is over. Did you doubt where your career was headed? But this was after that I wanted the Tiger offer because I felt like I had to prove now that I can still do great, you know. I was demoralized in the sense that I didn't know how many offers I would get. It ended up like I was actually more demoralized because in Heroic I was the in-game leader for, for most of the time. And um, we actually did really good. Uh, like in the five month period I was there yeah, we, so so it wasn't so it wasn't like I was that demoralized in terms of getting I was more demoralized after the contact team which was the worst project I've ever been a part of really? yeah because back then because I thought maybe there is no more offers now but then they actually ended up being four top tier offers for me and I was a bit surprised by that myself and I took ins because that was where I could get the most influence uh, over the roster together with our coach um, and I mean, that was the decision behind it. I had other good teams back then that, that also gave significantly higher offers in terms of salaries that I declined because at the end of the day, all I want to do is win the money. I'm not in CS for the money. Um, I was out of CS uh, between 1.6 and until 2015 when I was doing my uh, bachelor in economics, economics and statistics. And I also started my master at the time while working a full-time job. So I came back to CS because of the passion Obviously, I'm an older guy, and when I was 22, 21, I think I stopped playing Sears. Not because I didn't like to play Sears, because there was no money in Sears back then. I had to get on with life, move on, do, go on a different path. Um, and then I came back because of the passion, and it's still the passion that drives me today. So, If I ever want to go back in that direction, I could finish my master and probably work within that field. Whether that's something I want or not, I haven't decided on yet. But we're, I guess time will tell. Contact was just bad because, first of all, I had no influence. Uh, second of all, it was a team that was already broken when we came in. I brought in me and I brought in Spinks. But the team was dead when we joined. Like, the team had had such a rough time for like 12, 18, 12 months at least at that point. People, there was nobody who really clicked within the team and in order to to be a really good team you need team spirit and there was no team spirit left and i think that's why it was so bad next up we have a listener question uh it's from a guy called josh and tv in australia he's a caster and he wants to know what is the difference or the main difference between IGLing an international team and a danish team the biggest difference is it's obviously a lot easier to call in a danish roster both because most people have been through this Danish ladder where they learn how to play the Danish style of CS where everyone can contribute, people know their needs, like people know a lot of the small micro details in order to play a default in a good way. Whereas in an international team, at least the players I have had which come from tier 2, it's probably different when you have tier 1 players like Nico or Honda or Reyna, these type of players, but like when you have these tier 2 players, it can be very different how they view the game, also how they play the game, and you have to kind of facilitate like how you direct the style need to fit the personnel you have. It's not me and my style who dictates how we play, it's the players that I have under me. I have to fit what I call with the players that I have available. So I would say that that is the biggest difference. I would also say there's a big difference in skill. I think the internet since Denmark, we are not we are five million people, five and a half, right? We, yeah, but like we are obviously not enough people to have the highest skill. Like people are very 
good at playing the fundamentals, knowing how to play correct CF, correct CS. But in international teams, people are not playing as correct CS. But I would say that people probably have more, a little bit more individual skill. So the individual skill makes up for the fact that you cannot play as polished CS in an international team as you can in a Danish team because it's much faster to talk, it's much faster to direct people, people understand things quicker, people contribute more in the mid-rounds in the Danish teams whereas in international teams as an in-game leader sometimes you're left a bit more alone with some of the microing stuff especially also because people don't necessarily always have perfect English when you play in an international team it's people's second language and depending on where you're from in the world some have better English than others. Josh and also I uh, wanted to know what was your initial expectations uh, with the the first roster you guys had on Ants with Doto, Spinks, Diha and Hades? Yeah I had high expectations that it could become really good long term uh, also just I came from such a bad project in contact that I had high expectations that we could be a lot better from the get-go and we were so uh, yeah, I had I had good expectations about that team. You've played with some interesting players like Yugi, Cajun B, Gade, who are no longer part of the scene. Why do you think that some of these guys aren't a part of the scene anymore and you are? The Danish style is a lot about the unit of five people. It's also why I think one of the most career-hurting decisions I ever did was to leave Heroic to go to, uh, to Optic because the players there were super hyped. Uh, it was Config, Cajun, Yugi and Gate, and then me. And people expected us to just be a top five team. And we didn't have any positions in leagues. We had to qualify for the big leagues. And the team just wasn't as good as people thought we were gonna be. And it was kind of like a, a hump in my, in my road to potentially getting to an absolute tier one team. I feel like I've made it now with ends, uh, but I had to kind of create it from scratch myself. So what happened to them? I think it's, it's different. Um, some of them lost motivation. Uh, I think Yogi is playing Valorant now. Uh, there's certain personal details that I don't want to reveal uh, because it's personal. So it, it's different depending on what player we talk about. But because of different things, I guess they're not here anymore in the, in, in the Tier 1 Counter-Strike. <laughs>